Hello, Ben and Chris. Your fans have asked me to send this message along to you. Ben and Chris, we know you need a bit of a break. But it's past time to start season three of the show. Your fans demand the return of beer and BS every week, and frankly, so do I, Buck Martinez. It's time to grab the bull by the horns. What's going on, Benny? We're back. We are back, and our intro music is as loud as it's ever been. Let's go. <laughs> People love how I play with levels. Uh, that was Buck Martinez. We're back because Buck Martinez asked us to come back. So for no other reason than that. Well, he's been asking us, what, monthly for uh, a little over a couple of years? Honestly, my voicemail has been ridiculous. It has been two years, so cheers. We're back. I noticed you're drinking a beverage. I am uh, indeed. What do you, what do you got going there, Ben? I am drinking something I've never heard of or had before. Pardner Texas Brown IPA from Forked River Brewery right here in London. My neighbor left this in my mailbox today. That's the only thing I know about it, and it's cold and it sounds like right up my alley. What do you got? I'm uh, I'm doing something that I've never tried before. It's called Octopus Wants to Fight. Oh yeah, you've never had I, one of those before. IPA huh? from uh, from my friends at Great Lakes Brewery. Um, the tunes. Hopefully, the levels are okay. I like it loud. That is new tunes again. Um, the intro and outro tunes for this season are snippets from the song "Cigarette Butts and Dog Shit" by De Foresters. Um, in the last two seasons, we had musicians from with ties to the beer industry and this season is no different deforesters is made up of matt bod who's a, a brewer and distiller at great lakes brewery in etobicoke obviously you know it you're drinking their beer um i met matt when he was slinging beer at bar hop on king street and fun fact i've since learned that matt and his band at the time opened for screeching weasel the one and only time we've seen Screeching Weasel live. We missed the openers because we were drinking, but Matt Pod's band actually did open for them at that show. Wow. Uh, yeah. Fun fact. It came up because he's got a he's got a weasel tattoo and I spotted it when he was bartending like the first time we met. Um also in Deforesters is Zach on drums, who used to work on the bottling line at Great Lakes. And they've recently added Lisa, who's a sales rep with Great Lakes and does keys, organ, backup vocals, and Glockenspiel. And the last guy in the band is named Chris on rhythm guitar, and he doesn't like beer. But otherwise, pretty well, I guess it's all Great Lakes. This is a Great Lakes brewery based band these days. Um, I'm going to just plug they're working on releasing a full length album on which Cigarette Butts and Dog Shit is featured. So maybe I'll play the whole song on the outro today. Well, I like cigarettes and dog shit sort of tie together with beer and bullshit. That's right. That's kind of the thinking. Also, I just like that tune. Yeah, it's good. I think it's about spring in Toronto, honestly, when all the snow melts and <laughs> cigarettes and dog shit. So we got new tunes. We got uh, what else is that's pretty much all that's changed in two years. I have more humans in my house. Kind of shut this thing down for baby two to arrive, and baby two is about to turn to. So we're back. I'm trying to think when, how close to baby two did we wrap up? This last episode aired Feb 17. The last episode we sat down together aired Feb 17. And uh, my youngest son was born on Feb 19. 
Wow. So almost two years to the day. How serendipitous. Isn't it crazy? Super serendip, bro. Um, yeah. What else has been, I've got, uh, I had a little, I got some tattoos. I had some pandemic, maybe midlife crisis things and got a 40th birthday tattoo and then decided to get another one the next year. And maybe I'm going to get a new tattoo every year for the rest of my life. That's a reasonable goal, I think. I turned 40 and I got a guitar that was instead of a tattoo, um, gives me more satisfaction, perhaps maybe your tattoos are providing you with the satisfaction you need, but more than a guitar would, because I don't play guitar very well. It just pissed me off every time I picked it up. Fair enough. Um, what else is new? I got a new house. I moved. moved Let's talk about pandemic. our material possessions. We both recently got new SUVs. Let's just make this. <laughs> Welcome to the privileged 40-year-old hour. We're going to talk about our stuff. Uh, that's fun. But yeah, your house is great. I've seen it like twice in the year and a half you've lived there because I live in my basement now. I tell you, the mortgage isn't too nice with the old Bank of Canada these days, though. I don't want, definitely do not want to talk about mortgages. Uh, I got this feature. You drunk fuck. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy that this season for sure. Um, And I'm going to enjoy this beer for a second. Well, I'm talking about the cost of living, mortgage going up. One thing I will say is that the, I I haven't seen the price of beer um, get as inflated as, as other regular household commodities for people that enjoy drinking it just hasn't hasn't moved quite the same way and hopefully it doesn't well it depends who you ask it's funny that you bring that up because i actually um beer canada which is actually a lobby organization um representing a very small group of, of breweries in canada um is on the uh they're doing a pr blitz to talk about how the federal government is about to raise the price of beer and raise beer taxes and 63% of your beer costs is tax. And today they had like a teaser about what celebrity it was going to be, but it's Bob and Doug McKenzie are back to help fight the beer tax. And so there's a big push to scare everyone that the price of beer is going to skyrocket. But the short version is that beer Canada is actually made up of pretty massive breweries, including the huge foreign breweries that are based in other countries like Labatt is a member of Beer Canada but we all know Labatt's owned by AB InBev and uh, Waterloo is part of Beer Canada they're now owned by Carlsberg and so they're they're making a stink about Canadian breweries but they really just are making a stink about what I would call big beer problems so the federal excise tax yes is going to go up um, but the federal excise tax is based on brackets based on how much beer you make and so if you make a ton of beer yeah you're going to pay more taxes so like you make 2.5 million hectoliters of beer like ab inbev your taxes are probably going to be like an extra million dollars a year perhaps it translates to maybe pennies per beer for the consumer but the small breweries their prices and their taxes aren't necessarily going to go up quite so high although beer canada would like you to believe that as they ask you to lobby the government and they bring Bob and Doug McKenzie in to help them fight the fight. Anyway. What a novel idea. If you make more money, you have to pay more tax. I mean, <laughs> it, it feels like that should be a basis for a tax system, but uh, yeah, not quite so much corporate greed and in, uh, in the inflationary prices out there, there are real causes of it, but how can every major corporation report record profits? and then complain about everything costing too much money. It's crazy. I mean, if you look at the Twitter feed for Beer Canada, they're, you know, they're, they're basically fear-mongering that 
the little guy or Canadian breweries are getting, you know, hosed. Excuse me. But if Labatt, like think about AB InBev, I just actually looked at this today, but AB InBev had 2022 revenues of $15.1 billion. Their income was up 473% from 2021 to 22. And their profits are up 9.5%. So like a million extra dollars to them in taxes in a year. It's not like, I mean, they could eat the cost of this tax increase and not affect consumers and they would barely notice it. So it's a lot of bullshit. Yeah, it feels like a tough time to cry poverty as an alcohol producer when the pandemic did not hit alcohol producers in the way that it did some industries. People, it did for some, but yeah, I mean, people did have a tendency to drink their faces off for the last couple of years. Well, it's weird. So yes, that was totally true. And if we were doing the show during the pandemic with any regularity, like actually we were right when the pandemic started, we were still on the, on the air or whatever you want to call them. And uh, people were talking about like, they're doing record volumes of beer, right? Like everyone was ordering more, everyone was setting up their online ordering systems. Um, I would say now that the worm has turned, like, it, I, I'm not, you know, all the cliches that are out there right now is, is you know, fear on tap or, trouble brewing but there, it really is true because people aren't buying beer in massive volumes anymore you don't have those you know delivery sales and people don't seem to really be returning to the tap rooms like they used to so it is a little bit it is a little bit dark right now i mean since we've gone off the air there's been a handful of breweries that closed i'm gonna blank on a lot of them but like descendants brewery and kitchener closed people's pint in toronto just closed um half hours on earth amazing brewery and seaforth that you and i both enjoyed and i know your brother rob really liked they've closed up um and then there's been a whole bunch of stuff like consolidation you've seen these breweries that need to partner up with other breweries just to stay alive which is kind of interesting and kind of weird so there's there's some weirdness to things like some of them are good like uh we we had steve boshane from bose on the show and uh um shit why am i blanking on his name steam was steam whistle was the first guest on our show but steam whistle bought bose it was originally introduced as a partnership but they bought them i think that's a really good thing for steam whistle um and then you've got lost craft merged with high park brewery um but locally there's weird stuff like there's this entity that's calling itself simbev which basically sounds like a an evil entity but they they're buying up breweries in southwestern ontario they bought railway city brewery uh, they bought Crank Light Lager, which is just a contract brewery that brews out of Equals here in London, and Locker Room Lager, and they've basically consolidated them under this umbrella called Simbev, and I think their plan is to continue to aggressively buy breweries and, and, and I guess, I don't know, turn a profit, but some of it sounds a little bit, I mean, some of this would be good for the industry. A lot of the guys that are closing up probably maybe didn't have the best business model, and so maybe it's a little bit of darwinism but some of this where you have this like simbev coming in and buying things up i don't know if that's going to be good for consumers or not yeah i would agree with the take uh the darwinism take there there's, there's so many there's so many small shops and um you know the, the passion is there but sometimes the business approach isn't necessarily there mind you there's still there's still breweries that are opening right i mean yeah. i was reading about what's a barrel heart brewing uh, just opened in ancaster and they look like uh, kind of half hours on earthy. They're, you know, one-off type brews that are that are way off the beaten path. And um, and I was just hearing about them this week, so I have to check them out sometime. 
Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, it's interesting times for the brewing industry. And we're going to learn all about it on season three of Beer and Bullshit. We've got some great guests lined up. I don't know if I want to preview it or not, but we've got uh, we've got some big brewers. We've got some brewery owners. We've got some sales reps. We've got uh, some some uh, comedians again. Those, those episodes are kind of hit and miss, but I love them. So we're doing <laughs> some more of those. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You got to get anybody you want to hear from. I didn't really consult you when I'm booking them, but we're, we got some good stuff lined up. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, uh, you've done a, you've done a good job in the past on bringing on interesting people from the, the industry. you drunk fuck. <laughs> That's fair. I should add, I should have had a better response. I got some classics on here just for you. I'd like some burger. <laughs> What the, what the fuck was that? I didn't even catch that. There's a, I found that a lot of the clips and stupid things, that, inside jokes we've been saying for years are not at all what they actually sound like. That was That's Ryu and Ken. Hadouken, yeah. Unskuns, Bunts, Gorenskuns was the, the one Unskuns, that we Guns, used to. I tried to find cans, which uh, is obviously both of our favorite clip from many movies when uh, Keanu Reeves behind the wheel of the bus and speed. Sandra Bullock accidentally hits a buggy and she thinks she's killed the baby. And the actual quote is something more like, cans, there's no baby, it's cans. <laughs> but I think the, the actual quote is just cans. He says it twice. I tried to get the audio. Hands. That's it. It's, it's, it's yeah. nothing. And it's turned into he a says full paragraph. No baby, but we just used to say like, cans, regular, everyday, ordinary cans, nothing but cans. <laughs> Over the 20 years since that movie's come out, it's really evolved. Yeah, even my wife says that when something with cans comes up. Cans. It's just cans. It's a great line. It is a good line. I'm 10 years old, but I'll beat your ass. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't run down the beer news in the two years we've been off the air because I feel like that would just be obnoxious. Uh, other people have been doing it better. Uh, there's other beer podcasts, believe it or not, but I don't know. Maybe who are you? Uh, who are you listening to? Another beer I, podcast? I, you know what? I'm not gonna. I don't actually. I don't actually listen to beer podcasts. My podcasting uh, uh, listening has gone way down because I'm not in a car anymore. I work from home permanently, and I've realized that. 99% of my podcast listening happened in the car. So, uh, I mean, jo Jordan St. John and Robin LeBlanc are still doing their thing. I think they have like 7,000 episodes by now, but they, they wrote two books about Ontario craft beer and that's the name of their podcast too. And I, they're just, they're still churning them out. I see it on Twitter and stuff. Um, Chris Schreier does the Toronto beer podcast. And I do catch his because he does it live on Instagram. And so like, I'll be, you know, doom scrolling my phone on Mondays when I think is when he goes live and I just tune in. I usually like to drop trolley comments to him while he's broadcasting live. And I will say this, uh, Chris has got a really good palate. Like I would never, this is a delicious beer I'm drinking from, uh, from Fork River, by the way, but I wouldn't walk you through me tasting it. A, I think that's kind of boring and B, I, I'm, I'm not as skilled, but Chris on his show has a way to do it that actually makes me want to drink the beer he's drinking or not when he mentions the smoke flavors because smoke beer is disgusting of course everyone knows that of course but yeah uh i don't really listen to beer podcasts to be honest i i mostly listen to uh uh comedy podcasts 
Yeah, I mostly listen to NBA podcasts, which, you know, sometimes I feel like I listen to eight hours and uh, for one hour's worth of information. Are we actually, now we're talking, we're talking about podcasts on our podcast. It's pretty meta. It's meta. Fatality. <laughs> Speaking of what you're drinking right now, what have what have your drinking tastes been like over, let's say, the, the last uh, last little while? I don't know if I had, I must have had the beer fridge. Like, I had, did I have a draft when we did this last time? I don't know. But I, I, uh, I did take the plunge during the pandemic and bought a keg fridge, which is, man, game changer. Like, if you're at all thinking you should have a draft fridge in your house, 100% you should have a draft fridge in your house. I reached out to, shit, what are they called? They're in Guelph. Oh, fuck. My mind is just a blank. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this so I don't sound so stupid. I'm Googling it, though. In Guelph. Sleemans? Yeah, Sleemans. No. Danby. Okay. Let's back that up. <laughs> I bought a Danby keg fridge during the pandemic. <laughs> so I found... Uh, danby in guelph has like a scratch and dent store at their like warehouse and so i called them and said do you happen to have any dual keg fridges because i wanted to have two things on tap and the guy's like i'm looking at one and the only thing wrong with it is like the, the plastic is cracked on the top so i saved like 200 bucks and drove to guelph anyway it fits two 20 20 liter kegs so as you well know i've had two different things on tap in my garage you know 10 feet from my pool during the pandemic and it's been amazing uh, a couple of things I've learned is that you definitely want to keep that beer under 5% because you have a tendency to overserve yourself when you have it on tap. So I bought, I actually bought smaller glasses to make sure I wasn't just like pounding beer out there. I've had a couple of like accidental eight beer Wednesdays, you know, you go out and mow the lawn and you just keep topping yourself off. Do you think the smaller glasses help? Cause those are like the all-inclusive resort style glasses that are just bottomless and then when you get to a smaller glass, when you get halfway down, I uh, might as well just chug the rest of that and I get a freshie. That is true. It's, I, I, I actually bought them because I wanted that vibe. I wanted the all-inclusive resort vibe by the pool. And it's, they're pretty awesome for putting like cocktails into. But I think if you have to make more trips, you're more aware of how much beer you're drinking. At least that's my theory. Mm. But I've had, uh, I've had some awesome beer on tap. I think the, the first thing I had on tap was Vim and Vigor from tooth and nail and that man was that good like i made a point of making that the first beer i had on tap um and then i've had i've gone through the collective arts um sparkling hard teas as my alternative tap and they're wicked so for like people with celiac i mean you don't want a beer anyway uh that has how my beer drinking has really changed is that it's been a lot about volume <laughs> and a lot about pilsners and lagers i would say yeah, you've had a few kegs in there that I haven't even tasted. So, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're just on the brink of alcoholic, grab one of these <laughs> double kegs and uh, and you're just you're ready just to go. Just jump in. You don't even know that you had 15 drinks yesterday. Well, it's it's harder to count, so maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, but you really and you also really have to commit to uh, the same beer. So that's another thing. If you love like. A different beer every night and trying new things you got to commit to volume consumption of the same beer i mean every day you have to do it every day <laughs> gotta get into it well you gotta get into it 
What, what's the, so what's the, what's the uh, shelf life of a keg that you have in there? I mean, I wouldn't want to drink draft beer that was older than like two months, but at two, three months and nothing really made it two or three months in my house. <laughs> like you Even when it was just me, like during this, during the, last winter, I brought the keg fridge into the house because I was like, I might get damaged out there, but I literally had draft beer in my dining room and there, yeah, I, crushed kegs like embarrassingly quick i'm like holy shit i had like anderson summer on tap and man it went fast that's 40 pints you know what a little bit of foam here and there it might be 36 pints let's say that's like a that's a week that's a week as recommended by health canada yeah let's not talk about those recommendations nobody we're just all ignoring those that's insane i mean we were i was having problem with the old recommendations let's not you're good, you're good for three a day you know what make it one a year like that you, you didn't want to just kind of ease us into it i just want to just chalk and awe that's the way the government wants to approach things right now hot quiz hot shot <laughs> beer should you drink uh well i wouldn't blame the government that's the other stupid thing about this like it's not like the government was like go find me rules about drinking beer i'm gonna crack down on these people it was like a government yes a government funded agency but guess what the government funds a lot of scientific studies and this government funded agency has has determined that this is the amount of beer that's safe and essentially no amount of alcohol is safe which i guess fair enough like it always seemed a bit ridiculous that we could drink so much like i would go to the doctor and be like how much you drink i'm like i don't know like two or three a day he's like that's fine i'm like really that's fine it seems like a lot like should i tell you how many i really have (laughs) yeah because i was toning it i wasn't even counting saturdays (laughs) yeah it's a bit problematic well i mean alcohol is poison Uh, well i know like it's not that surprising my system has rejected it many many times i mean not since i've become the mature adult that i am now but right um it's definitely not good for you I know. I don't think. I mean, I think. I honestly don't think it's surprising. I think you're just some risk. You assume some risk in life. Um, I thought the recommendation just a little heavy-handed. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's legit. I would say that two over two a week is probably unsafe for your health. But like, how unsafe? And compared to what? Like, driving in my car isn't that safe. I don't know. That's always the stupid example. But like also beer is really fucking good it's tasty what do you (laughs) want to do everyone's doing dry january i'm like i don't know i i kind of like having beers sometimes exactly you're drunk fuck (laughs) that's not gonna get old ever somebody (laughs) found his favorite uh, favorite i've got more but that one's gonna stick for me um yeah i had a i remember i had a doctor in toronto who was like (laughs) He just, he totally gave me approval for all of my vices. Like, I swear he almost was like, okay, about the occasional cigarette. Like, I'm like, what year is this guy from? He's amazing. And I was like, oh, I'm having problems with my stomach. And he like, he just took two fingers and like put them on my stomach and then tapped them with his other two fingers. And he's like, you're fine. I'm like, I love this guy. He's great. And then it was when, it was when uh, our first son was born and like, he's like, how are you sleeping? I'm like, He's like, well, I, I mean, like, I sleep well. And he's like, do you go to work during the day? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, listen, when the baby gets up, don't be a hero. <laughs> he's like, you need your sleep. You got to go to work in the morning. And I said, I came home and told my wife that it was doctor recommended that I don't get up with her when the baby wakes up. He was the best doctor. 
I'm gonna have a nap, babe. Wake me up when dinner's ready. Doctor's orders, babe. <laughs> Mamma mia! <laughs> that was kind of relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were talking about what you're drinking these days. What uh, are you? Are, are you still on uh, easy drinking lager spree, or or what's what's where's your head right now? No, I've definitely started to drink. Um, well, always, there's always a place for lagers and pilsners, but uh, I placed an order at Godspeed. Uh, honestly, like that was like such a like social media buy for me. It was like everyone on earth was buying there. I'm never gonna say it right, but Sklepnik. And I was like, I gotta have that. And I I like filled my cart. And I'm like, shit, that's a quick seventy bucks. And then it was delicious. Like it's a very nice beer. But I'm also sometimes I'm like, did I really need to spend that much money? And maybe this isn't like a craft beer friendly thing to say but i'm like fuck some of this shit's expensive like i've spent some money on craft beer shipments during the pandemic and i'm like is it worth it i don't know it's good i love to support small breweries but like is it that much better than you know the next brewery down the line that's doing similar stuff well i think this is what we're talking about earlier where it's a little bit darker days right now where you know there was that support and and i mean i think even pre-pandemic there was a push for local uh, you could see kind of retail going that way experiences and food and drink and then that kind of all gets interrupted and like oh we can do it online now 10 bucks shipping everywhere and then that sort of starts you know at some point you look in the mirror and you think do I do I need to be ordering hundred dollar cases uh, you know do do I have to do that once a week uh, you know you start questioning how much you're ordering kind of eight percent double IPAs um, but I think I think that's what the consumers are doing. That's why we're seeing breweries close. It's our fault, Chris. We've come around. But no, I will I will admit, and I've I've actually taken shit on this mostly from like breweries and brewery owners about like a price point is still a pretty major factor for me when buying beer. And like, there's a reason I I'm, fuck I don't. We've already said Great Lakes like 16 times on this fucking show, but there's a reason Great Lakes is great. Their price point is remained pretty fucking awesome. Like a Canuck is. 315 which is it took forever to get above three bucks and but 315 for a canuck is still one of the better deals in ontario they managed to keep their prices pretty low i mean like i love bellwoods beer and like when i lived in toronto i'd would, I would go there any chance i got i love sitting there and drinking their beer but like when it's like a five dollar can of beer at the lcbo i'm kind of like eh, is this really i mean that's a, i mean it adds up well i get them but i don't get eight of them right yeah i'll usually throw one or two into a larger order yeah it's usually uh you know a monogamy or or something that's that's coming that is a little more a little bit more unique uh uh, i mean you know if i grab an eight pack or you know 16 or something from the the beer uh, from the liquor store i'll i'll always throw in a roman candle something else maybe a couple though but you're right five bucks I, i have a hard time going beyond five bucks for a beer yeah um and even those are are sparing kind of probably four bucks four bucks is kind of my yeah i mean that's kind of where your cutoff has to be there was a time when you could anyway now we're doing like back in the day i used to pay 250 for a beer but i remember when <laughs> yeah let's not do that you used to get an extra value meal for four bucks pack of cigarettes for three i don't have any i feel like i should have like an old man i was born in it Molded by it. Yeah, I was born in cheap beer and molded by it. So, how old is Bane? Bane's like thirty-five, maybe. I know. Uh, You're killing me, Smalls. There we go. 
Um, well, I feel like we're just kind of rambling, but we are going to have beer experts on the show this season. And uh, spoiler alert, maybe not. Uh, if you're listening to this, there's another episode lined up ready to go because we are dropping two episodes to kick off the season. So uh, check your feed, assuming you're subscribed. There is a guest lined up. So if you don't want to hear me and Chris ramble about why the beer's getting too darn expensive, uh, you have another show lined up with somebody who actually knows what they're talking about and we'll have some intelligent questions for that person um but i do want to do uh a couple of new features this season i still want to do recommendation i don't know what you want to call it recommend some shit there's a podcast i listen to that calls it recommendation station and does something similar and i almost said it i'm not going to say it you can't you can't bite the name recommend some shit that that can be a working title but uh... it needs a title um and then we're going to give you your own little corner on the show this season, Chris. So I don't know if you have anything prepared or we're going to call it Pell's Corner or not, but uh, I, I think that's going to be your little space where we can play a game or maybe do a quiz. And I'm thinking we can get into some listener mail. So maybe we'll do a plug. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to say anything, ask us any questions, ask us for advice, maybe get the details on our mortgages because that's an exciting little chunk of our show. Uh, is it ever beerandbullshit.ca slash contact we do read them uh deep and heartfelt apologies to the many people who did contact us in the two-year hiatus i thought about just running through all the two years of messages but i'm i'm just gonna wipe the slate clean sorry a lot of people were asking when we're coming back or uh actually a lot of brewery industry folks asking if they could be on the show uh try again we're back now and i'm paying attention to that inbox again but i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole beerandbullshit.ca slash contact uh you look like you want to say something no was, was there any good ones or was it just about getting on the show i mean if there are some interesting questions i think we should probably answer them i don't think i mean i think if they were interesting i would have remembered or put them aside for a long for like a year i was putting them aside like oh the show's gonna come back and then it didn't so <laughs> i remember that it was uh, do you want to get the podcast going again i'm like hey you're the one with the baby man you let me know when you're ready and that was my response for two years you have consistently said whenever you're ready and here you are so i appreciate that so that's why you get your own corner of the show and uh, hopefully you're going to join me on all the shows this year because last year you were hit or miss or last season or whatever you want to call it. Okay, but let's do, are you prepared to recommend stuff? Because I do like, it also gives me an excuse to read or some motivation to read something new and exciting. And I, uh, I do like talking books and I hope people enjoy that too and would send us some recommendations. Um, I am, but I, I, I didn't know that it had to be a book. No, no, whatever. But I mean, books are better than podcasts because we did the podcast within a podcast already. I'm not going to recommend a podcast. Um, and I did have a small preview style snippet question for you on for a Pell's Corner, although I workshopped that name with my son today and he thought it was a pretty shitty name. Um, I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> all right. Um, recommendation uh i it's a new program on amazon prime i just started Stop. <laughs> you're, you're recommending a program on amazon prime well it's a, it's a tv show i shouldn't have i shouldn't have said it was on amazon okay i'm like i'm like there's a new feature when i'm buying things online i really like it <laughs> well yeah i mean if you, there's sometimes there's something called an add-on item you have to pay jeff a bezos has really got this algorithm fucking dialed in man 
Um, well, it turns out the show's actually not even that new, but uh, I, I started watching it recently. It's called uh, Louder Milk. Um, Ron Livingston of uh, Office Space fame. Um, or the guy who broke up with Carrie on a post-it, also a reference, Burger. Okay, that's what Lena said. Um, <laughs> uh, it, and I just started watching it. He's perfectly cast in the role as just, you know, like a filterless kind of asshole that, you know, does have a, you know, a bit of a warm edge and likes to help people. Have you watched that show? I've seen a clip where he roasts uh, a barista, but vocal fry, which is quite funny. Yeah, I think that's like the opening scene in the whole show, is which is nice that the trailer doesn't show you anything. Just yeah, the, yeah. the first scene, just just kind of really outlining that he's just a kind of an absolute dick. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I've only watched a few episodes. But What's it called? Monkey Milk? Uh, louder Milk. <laughs> okay. I wish I had some milk-related sounds right now. You don't have a moo on there? It's... No. Suck me sideways. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. Um, okay. Well, I will watch that actually because I like him and uh, I did like that clip and the premise is pretty good. Uh, I've I've got books. I've been devouring crime fiction. Um, I mean, I, I was I won't plug it, but I I, I picked up the Fletch series. The, you know, the novel, the Chevy Chase movie, and now there's a, a John Hamm movie based on the second novel. The books are from the 80s and they're very like, I don't know, anti-hero. If you've seen the movie, you kind of get the idea, but the books are really good. I've been crushing those, but I took a break from crime fiction to read this book called Really Good Actually. Uh, I'm going to say her name wrong. Monica Heisey, I believe, but she's this hilarious writer. She writes for Schitt's Creek, Baroness Von Sketch, Working Moms, and this is her first novel. Uh, And it's about getting divorced in her 20s after being married like 600 days or something like that. So it's not something I would have picked up hearing that premise, but because I, I follow her on social media and she's hilarious, uh, I picked it up and the book is hilarious and like darkly hilarious. Like it's definitely like plums the depths of like the shit when you're getting divorced, I assume. And it's also like really funny. And it's also, it takes place in Toronto where, where she's from, I assume. And uh, I always like when Toronto isn't, you know, a stand in for something and it's just Toronto proper. And she's talking about Toronto. Like she doesn't clarify, like, you know, maybe this is not a reference for you, but like she just mentions the, the Spider-Man on a skateboard guy. And everyone who lives in Toronto would instantly know that reference. So there's really good references. I also liked it because I lived in Toronto during my 20s, but it's a hilarious book and I would definitely recommend it. And Toronto is the fifth character. Uh, yeah, I think it says that right on the second sex in the city reference tonight. Oh, is that? I didn't catch that one. <laughs> I'm New York really, is New York is the fifth character. I understand now. Yeah, I'm well well versed in Sex in the City because uh, I bought my then girlfriend now wife the entire series on. I think it started on VHS and DVD, but they were in my apartment for some reason at a time when I was unemployed. It's like the only time in my life I got fired in my twenties, and I would just watch them. I would just go back to back to back Sex in the City before streaming and. <laughs> Like our friend Leon was my roommate back in the day and he would go to work and I'd be watching and he'd come home and I'd still be watching. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just, it's here and I'm watching it. But I'm, I, I know a lot about sex in the city and I'm not afraid to admit that. I waited in and out. You would, you would have uh, the more details than me. I didn't watch the second movie though. I, that's when I finally tuned out. What about this new show? Are you into that? Are you into that? 
Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's done. It was a phase in my life that's passed. Although I will say, I am aware that Aiden is coming back, and I might. Oh shit! I, I might check that out. I love that that actor from his uh, Northern Exposure days, so I will definitely watch that. Okay, now uh, I think we should wrap this up because uh, okay. there's going to be a. We're going to have guests. This is just our welcome back. We'll eat. We're dipping our toe in the water. We're saying hello to our old fans and friends. Hopefully we haven't bored you too much, but please submit feedback. We do read it. We will listen. Uh, let's do a Pell's Corner. And we do have, we have a jingle that you've prepared for Pell's Corner. Are you prepared to do a Pell's Corner? Can I fire up the tunes? Uh, I mean, it'll be a brief one, but yeah, absolutely. Let's do okay. it. Okay. 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 I was kind of expecting vocals. I was expecting you to be baby. That's Connor. Well, you gave me eight seconds, so it wasn't <laughs> a whole lot of time. Whatever you decide to call this part of the show, I expect you to add vocals there. You know maybe, what? Maybe It'll we'll have be Kevin Fear. We'll have Kevin Fear back in. He laid down some beats for our show before. Maybe he can fix that up for us. He's probably. What listening. do you mean? What do you mean fix it up? No, no, no. I just mean put in some sick vocals, maybe. <laughs> I spent almost an hour on that over lunch today. Now, maybe a half an hour. Okay, what well, have you got for Pell's Corner? Well, we, you mentioned briefly earlier that one of the magical things that happened over the last couple of years is that we both got new SUVs. Um, oh, my, mine is a Volvo. And, uh, and in part of my research of getting the vehicle, I read uh, a, a nice little story from uh, you know, the early 1970s, end of the Korean War, um, Sweden decided that they were going to get into North Korea, this burgeoning new republic. And, and you know, we want to be the first ones there. And in fact, Sweden was the first country that had an embassy. So they put it, they were the only country that had an embassy in North Korea and said, well, let's do business with them. There's going to be a ripe new market. So I said, how can we do that? First thing they did was send them a thousand Volvos. It's on credit. They'll be good for it. North Korea has never paid them. Volvo and the Swedish government send them a letter once a year, politely asking for their money. <laughs> they, North Korea has not responded, but they still do it. They still send the letter every year. And the debt now has ballooned to about $300 million. <laughs> so my question for you, Ben, you start a new country after, uh, you know, some sort of war and uh, everyone sees you as this great new emerging market. Who are you fleecing? What country and for what are you fleecing to the tune of $300 million? Mm. So it was a thousand Volvos? That was, that was like the main item. Sweden did some other stuff too, but a thousand Volvos. They're still driving around in North Korea apparently now. It's like 800,000 kilometers on them. Um, yeah, I, I, okay. I think I'd get the country really set up for uh, like the Swedish, just nordic lifestyle of sauna cold plunge and hot tubs i'd be like you know what that's going to be our thing in this country hook me up with some some steam saunas some hot tubs and some cold plunge pools i uh yeah i don't know why that popped into my brain i think it's because it's the luxury item i want next and be, because i said sweden too i mean like no you, just coincidence. You explore the whole world you could have taken <laughs> anything from anywhere you know what Sweden makes some good sonnets. I like how you uh, really, really. <laughs> no, I was thinking like, what do what, what like what's a luxury item that I wouldn't probably wouldn't buy but would love to have. 
I got to go saunas. Yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, everything else seems stupid, like TVs. Uh, who cares? I don't care about cars. Like, if a car goes from A to B, it's fine with me. I mean, maybe a, just a world-class brewery. I just fleece, you know, fleece the Czech government into sending over some of their best brewing talent and set up the world's best brewery in your backyard. Well, that's a good idea. And that's kind of what I was just going to say. It would be my option. I'd fleece all of the governments of all of the world and have them send their best breweries there to see what is going to be our national beer. And then, you know, we just, we keep those people there uh, against their will and brewing beer for our new country. That, so that was Pell's Corner. <laughs> well, I mean, with the chill, there'll be some refinement process here. Uh, okay. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. Well, maybe we'll just wrap it up tonight. Well, it's good. It's good chatting with you, Ben. I mean, we we probably could have talked sometime over the last couple of years, but it's good to see you. I'm glad you had that thing removed from your neck. It was just getting a little bit much. I, I couldn't even get my shirts on anymore. People were. It was awkward, and the smell. Woo! Oh my Boy. god. Do we? Should we? Put, I think we say, and that was Bell's Corner. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you soon, Chris. Yeah, definitely, Betty. Bye. Cheers.
What do you want me to say?